Welcome to the Antlerless Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and I am here with Troy Fowler, the Ranch Fairy. It's going to get crazy. Hang on. <laughs> Troy, how are you doing today? <laughs> I am finer than frog hair split three ways. That's a Southern thing. I didn't know that frogs had hair. Well, they don't. So if they did, and you split it three ways, that's pretty fine. So <laughs> that's that. So thank you for having me on. It's going to be fun. You and I have uh, been rapping back and forth trying to get this set up. And I had some technical difficulties. I'm old. And so like clicking buttons and stuff doesn't fly. But we finally got that's it done. Why, so it's going to be exciting. Yeah, that's why I got software that my dad, who is nearly 80 years old, yeah, right. could figure out. Hey, maybe Troy can figure this out. So <laughs> this one worked great. So thank you. I appreciate the uh, time to be on your podcast. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, we're here today to talk a little bit about arrows and not just arrows in general, but arrows that will help smaller people kill things ethically and quickly and hopefully as painlessly as possible. No, that's absolutely the goal. You do not want anything to suffer and you don't want it to last any longer than it has to. That's not the, that's not the goal. It really never, it never is, never should be. And uh, it's going to be fun. I like small people. I have a little tiny wife that's five feet tall, so I have to deal with this all the time. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Troy, can you give me a little bit of background about you and what got you into the, I guess, arrow philosophy, I guess yep. is the best yep. um, description I can say, because there are some very strong feelings around the types of arrows that people shoot. I've angered people. It's been interesting. It wasn't supposed to be this way. So I came out of the womb with a fishing rod and still have a serious fishing problem. Like it's a disorder. My wife calls the surf in Texas, my mistress. And um, <laughs> I really have a fishing issue. And then I have, I had BB guns and grew up in the country and in a small town where I grew up in the kind of town where people had guns in their cars because it was deer season and people still got in fights and there was never a, you never thought to go grab the gun and shoot somebody. You got your ass kicked <laughs> and you just own that crap and you move on. It was a little bitty school. It was a lot. It was looking back. It was a dreamy world to, to grow up in. So I grew up with a BB gun in my hand, fishing rods, fishing on the golf course and getting chased by the guy around and. Oh, it was just so much fun. And I uh, kind of fell in love with bow hunting probably around 12 or 14. Took me a couple of years to kill a deer. I shot my first deer right through the butt at about 10 <laughs> yards wearing a white t-shirt. And it went 40 yards and died because I cut its arter cut the femoral arteries. And went trad for about a decade. Shot sticks, shot wood, shot everything. Shot two javelins with flint points. Came back. I quit shooting a bow, started fishing real hard, got caught a bunch of sharks and did some crazy stuff. And I came back to archery and killed a really good deer in 2005. And I don't care to shoot another deer. I had kids. I've been in on a hundred pigs and deer being blown down. I really enjoy taking other people hunting now. It's more rewarding to me than to do it myself. But I never lost a passion for trying to kill big feral hogs. And a big adult feral hogs, not, they're sporty. We hunt over bait. Everybody says it's cheating and all that stuff. But you don't just have big ones come parading in. The Zoomers and the little guys will come in. The story goes, I was, having, I was struggling. I was, had cameras out. I would hunt a pig for a month or two and finally get a shot. And I, would, I was 50% at one time. That's not like a good killing. Like where you would hit, you'd hit oh, them yeah. and 50% yeah, of the miss time it. you would find I them. I was not missing. I was 50% recovery. Some of that was shot placement because I didn't understand the physiology. I'm also a respiratory therapist. I had a cadaver and I know a lot more about internal damage from the way the broadheads kill than probably anyone in archery outside of a few people. So, yeah. And that's, that's really what drew me to your YouTube channel. And mm -hmm. I know I've told you this, but just so our listeners know, um, right. was that I was looking for, I actually heard the meat eater podcast with, Dr. Ashby. Yeah, yeah. And then I was just looking for arrow knowledge on the internet right. Right. and found this person that was kind of like loud and fast talking. And I'm like, I, I've got to <laughs> shut this. I've got to turn this off. But then you cut open a pig and showed what happened inside the pig when you yeah. shot it with an arrow. And I'm like, no, this is one. This this is actual. This is science. Right, you got to watch science. this because no one else is. 
I have not have yet to find anyone on the internet who is cutting open the animals they shoot and saying, look at what happened. Well, they won't do it because of demonetization. So I get punished pretty hard and I don't make as much money off of YouTube that I could because of that. It's become part of my brand and it's super powerful for the Ranchberry brand. And it's really in my heart of hearts, I'm a people person and I want people to learn things. So to me, it's not, it's worth whatever dollars I give up. It's worth it that the general public has somebody saying, this is why you're losing them. This is what you're not hitting, or this is what you're hitting. Like a pig has really dumb structure. God did not design them to run. They're giant trash cans with little bitty lungs. <laughs> Literally, if you can get one in an open pasture and you can run pretty fast, you can actually run them down. They just don't go very far. They're just, <laughs> but they, they have dumb physiology that's very far forward. They're, it's very small. Like a, a 200 pound pig, I'm six feet tall. When we hang him by the nose, his feet will be on the ground because they're stretched out a little bit, right? The lungs are no bigger than my hand, fully extended on wow. a 200 pound. It's a small target and it's very far forward. So a lot of people are shooting them back where you shoot a deer, maybe kill an elk all day long, and you're just not shooting anything. You're hitting guts and it's not going to kill them. They're super durable. So anyway, I said, okay, well, I'm going to fire this out there and see what happens. It was, it was a hit to your point. And I realize I'm kind of, you know, stroking my own hair here, but it, people went nuts. Like they were like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like somebody actually knows what a spleen is <laughs> and why, how the diaphragm got punctured, spinal column snapped, all kind of stuff. And I just kept doing it. So it's been a big deal. And so fast forward, I start exploring the own, I just start exploring the arrow. Because the bows don't, bows are dumb. They're stupid springs. The bow does one thing. <laughs> Blake Davis is a friend of mine. He said, bows do one thing. They return to static state. Right. You pull them to a dynamic state and you push the trigger, release the string, how, whatever gizmo you're firing. And that dumb, that dumb tool goes to static state. That's all they do. And then your projectile flies and your projectile does all the work. And nobody's discussing the stick. Nobody. Right. And you right. opened this podcast by saying, hey, you're kind of the stick guy, right? You're the weird yeah. stick yeah. guy. And I'm glad you picked that up because very few people do, right? They don't, they, don't, they don't square it like that. And that's really what I'm about. And Dr. Ed is too. So Dr. Ed Ashby wrote this study. It's 27 years, 1,035 shots documented with 113 data points per shot. This is before the internet, paper. And then he had to build the graphs the old fashioned way. So you youngsters don't have a damn clue how hard it is to do that in 1980. <laughs> it's a hero's work to put graphs up and hand do that stuff. And now you can get Google well, he, and stuff, you know? Yeah, like he basically Excel. had to figure out how to make arrows that would kill large game in Africa so people could come over and use arrows to kill large game in Africa. Right. The study was, it was a study to open up Africa to bow hunting. So we have, he will never tell you this, but the Natal study, because Ed is a very, very humble man for a guy who shot two rhinos with a bow. I think he shot 11 Cape Buffalo with a long bow and the piles of stuff in his past and guiding and big game hunting and hunt elephants and guiding and everything and wild stories of the old days. The stories are fantastic. But he started studying the stick because three quarters of the African continent was closed to archery, legal archery. He said and plenty of it was being done, right? <laughs> yeah. But legal, come over, go hunting archery was three quarters of the continent was closed. And then the tall study opened up the whole continent. He actually, uh, at the time, did not recommend hunting pachyderms. He, th he felt like the equipment at the time the study ended, which is late 80s, did not exist to efficiently take pachyderms. So he recommended against taking pachyderms. So rhinos and elephants, he said, don't do that. And he studied the stick. So here I am, 50% on pigs, and I've got every stick on the planet. Fast ones, light ones, expandable ones, exploding ones, you know, flappers, <laughs> flippers, and twizzlers, and all kind of crap. I got every broadhead on the planet. Do you mean exploding like they break, yeah, or exploding yeah, break. like there's no, no, a little no, no. gunpowder in there, I or mind something? Having an exploding broadhead, but that would be fun. But um, you can't put that on isn't YouTube. That, that's legal in Texas, isn't there? <laughs> you can't. Um, you 
you can shoot them out of helicopters, but you can't blow them up. It's against the the big boys' laws. So I didn't think that Texas outlawed anything. Yeah, y'all are all y'all all think we ride horses and have pistols all the time, but it's fine. <laughs> so pigs are twenty four seven. If you came down, you don't have to have a license because you're hunting depredation hunts for feral right. game. If you hunt just a yeah, go ahead. Like just to to let people know who may not know how quickly pigs can reproduce and oh, yeah. why they're a problem. Yeah, right. They have eight to ten little ones a twice a year. Right. They're and super durable and they just live yeah, everywhere. A third of the population to reduce you reduce a third of the population and you can keep it the same. That's correct. And year nobody does it. Okay. And right. so I fell in love with the big ones. And I started trying to kill the big ones. And the only thing I hadn't changed was a stick. And I read Dr. Ed's study and I said, well, I haven't tried that. So what the hell? Let's make a 700 grain arrow with a giant single bevel broadhead on there. Get it to fly. Do what Ed says and see what happens because what I'm doing wasn't working. And I'm pretty logical. So if what I'm doing is not working, I'm going to try something else. Try to figure out what's working. And I say this a lot now. I have not done a good job in the past. So... I'm going to do a video on this. What we've done by building these sticks that are really designed for maximum penetration in all situations. If the animal moves, you make a mistake, something goes wrong, blah, blah, blah. Perfect shots. Right. If you, you're that good, everything pretty much works. Yeah, you could like throw an arrow at a deer. Almost. And if you hit it perfectly, it's going to yeah. kill it. Yeah, right. But they move and you make mistakes. The wind blows. There's up and down. Seriously, you get winded. You're excited. The elk moves five yards and changes everything. There's a lot of things. It's pretty dynamic. Right. And if we can get the stick to fly and the stick to always work as much as possible, then it's just you shooting and the animal moving. Mm -hmm. But if we have broadheads that are 50-50, blades that snap off, blades that dull, arrows that don't fly straight, like literally you aim, you do your job, your form is good, and the arrow takes off and goes four inches to the right, and the animal moves three inches to the left, and you got seven inches off. If, if, if we can eliminate all that crap, then it literally is a shooting shooter ability to stay under control in a dynamic situation and the animal not moving too much. And you should be extremely lethal. And this is what happened to me. It's literally me missing now. That's yeah. it. And I have. Right. I missed one. We have a pig out here at the local place that he's probably 250 or 60 pounds. He's big. <laughs> And I hunted him 11 times and I finally got a shot. And when I, sh he was broadside. And when I shot, he stepped and I shot three inches behind the crease. The arrow went plumb through him like he wasn't there. Skipped off the ground. He ran off. Arrows covered in blood. Never found him. Wow. He showed up. Do you think he, he died or do you think no, he, he didn't die? Wow. He showed up. <laughs> he showed up two weeks later on another feeder on another camera. He said, the hell with that place over there. I don't know what's going on. He stopped coming to other <laughs> So that one tickled me. Yeah, a right. Bit. Woo! And I, basically, from my <laughs> necropsies, I shot him through the large intestine, and they're so durable. I mean, they're it was a it was actually a stomach shot, and though they're so durable, he literally showed up two weeks later, and he looks fine. We we keep seeing him. He isn't dead. He didn't even hurt. He just like yeah, whatever. You know. <laughs> but I didn't have the arrow. Didn't stop. It didn't fly crazy. It skipped on through. The broadhead didn't dull, and I screwed up. He, he and I screwed up the situation, but it's on me. I should have pounded him in the shoulder, and if he'd have walked out, I'd have shot him a little further back, but he'd have been down. I didn't aim far enough forward. But that didn't happen to me in the past. I was getting 12 inches of penetration. I was getting arrows that would shake out and fall out. I was getting broadheads that were super dull, and we want to take that out. So I know you and I want to talk about what do we do with the tiny people, and I'm not exactly right. huge. I'm 5'11 or 6 how, feet tall, so I'm not. Yeah, how, how do we get tiny people to kill things ethically? Right. So you and I have been rapping on on uh, texts about this, and you got one of my ranch fairy kits. I'm not trying to uh, necessarily promote that, but you really have to get the stick flying efficiently. And that, right. there's more to that than efficiently is accurate, stable, and moderately heavy, right? So tell me a little bit. You've been farting around with your arrows. Tell, tell, tell yep. us a little bit about, because you showed me your pictures of all your arrows, <laughs> your previous <laughs> arrows with fletchings, like four inches canted yeah. to the right. All of them were, hey, it was consistently crappy. At least you Very got that, consistent. Right? Yeah. So right now I've got a Matthews Prima. I am shooting right at 50 pounds of draw weight. Yep. 
a little over 26 inches of draw length. Okay. So a little longer than a lot of women. Yep. I've got a long wingspan. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I've been shooting those. And my current arrows that I bought when I bought my bow are 500 spine. Mm-hmm. And we we'll, we can go over a little terminology yeah, right. in a minute if, yeah, let's if do you that. want to. So 500 spine. And I don't know what the tips are on them. I'm sure they're 100 yeah, they're or 125. Yeah, they're just little no field, you know, yep. cheap little field points mm-hmm. of some sort. Sure. So, And that's what, you know, the guy at the archery shop, I actually... I have a pretty good place, I think, as far as being um, open-minded. I know they're, yeah, yeah. And I actually asked him for arrow hunting arrow advice, and he was pretty on point with the advice that you've given in the past. No yeah, yeah. Um, higher FOC. He was really into the micro diameter, like a really skinny yeah, right, arrow. That's fine. Yep. But a higher FOC arrow mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. sure. So that was. I just asked him. I'm like, what? what do you think? Because there are so many different opinions, opinions yeah. on the internet. Mm-hmm. I just want to know. And he's like, man, we were just at this, I guess an archery uh, trade show. Yep. And he's like, people almost got into a fist fight over this. Yeah. I, I spoke at that and it was, there was some, Oh, was that you almost getting into I a didn't fist fight? Really almost get the fist fight, but I spoke and I had, I don't know. I had a lot of people. I was surprised at the crowd and I had a bunch of pros there. And one of the guys was pushing me a little bit and it was interesting, but the micro diameter thing just, so let, I'm going to, I'm going to, before everybody goes along, I don't know the education level. So let me say, let me tell you a few terms that are going to come out here. And then my email is Troy at ranchfair.com. So if you have questions, just hit me up because uh, you'll kill Andrea. So um, <laughs> spine means how bendy the arrows are, how much they bend. That's all you need to know. So 500 spine, it's weird. It works backwards. The sm- that's the bendiest that's arrow. The, there's a 600, get, right? but 500 is real bendy. And a 400 is less bendy, and then a 350 gets stiffer, 250, 300 are stiffer then. So what they do is they put it on a machine, they put it 20 inches, there's there's two stands at 28 inches, and they hang a weight off of it. That's how they measure it, basically. they got a machine they right. press, but blah, blah, blah. So the bendier the arrow would be for a lighter draw weight. And then we talked about field points, so point weight, we talked, we're going to talk a little bit about inserts, and then we'll be talking about shooting a bear shaft, which is a arrow with no fletchings and I'll, I'll try to fill in the holes as we move forward. Yeah. So I got the kit yep. and I've shot the 400 spine and the, because my 500s were, I would shoot and I'd feel like it was a pretty, you know, good mm-hmm. shot. Like it would actually hit where I was right. expecting it to hit, like where I was right. aiming, but it would go in and be pointed sideways yep. in right. the target at, you know, not quite a, not a 45 degree pretty, angle or anything, it was pretty but amazing. definitely. At least it was consistent. Like if I, yeah, like I'd stand over the arrows and kind of point my body in the direction that the knock of the arrows was pointing while they were in the yeah. target. And it's like I was off in the woods, yeah. you know, 20 or 30 feet from where I was actually so that's standing. So just so everybody knows, that's a bad, she said she's hitting where she's aiming. But if that arrow goes in sideways like that and tries to go through an animal, it's all the energy is going sideways. It's not going down the shaft. Right. So that's what we're trying to cure. And if I had a, if I had a broadhead on the front, it might be very like a, interesting. A wing, <laughs> then it would get Woo. right. Yeah, and I actually I've watched some of my arrows not often, but every now and then I'll watch one do kind of a barrel roll in the air before it tur- before it hits the target. Oh, yeah. And I tried to catch it on the GoPro mm-hmm. the other day, and it, I couldn't get the speed slow enough. It still arrows just move so fast, even coming out of a 50 pound draw weight. Yeah, bow. you need a little higher speed, but that's the, the reason why you see that is there is a spine inside the arrow and the arrow's bending differently every time. So one of them will bend to the right, one of them bend to the left, one of them will bend up and one of them will bend down. And they're all going crazy. And whichever one barrel rolls, it's just a freebie. You could probably, if it ever barrel rolls, you're probably not going to shoot the 500s again. But if you ever see that market, that's why I'd say number, once yeah, you get fleshed yeah, yeah. arrows, I, I number them just in case mm-hmm. something's weird, you know? So what, so now you got the kit and you and I, you know, wrapped about yeah, it. So, so what are you, what are you doing and what could other people possibly think about doing? And this is not necessarily my kits. It could be any arrow, but your process is what we want to hear, have people hear. So I set up some, I, I hung brown, just paper, like craft mm-hmm. paper on a roll on some PVC yeah. pipe. I made a little frame and hung it from the ceiling of my mm-hmm. garage and kind of squared a target up behind it a little further than an arrow distance right. behind it. And I've been shooting the 
<clears throat> bear shaft arrows through yep. that just to see um, which arrow. So I've got a 400 spine arrow and I've got three 350 spine right. arrows. And then I have the field points from 100 to 200 in 25 grain right. increments. And so far, the 350 spine with the 125 or the 150 grain insert, or sorry, the one 125 or 150 grain field point, and then the 400 with a 175. Interesting. Shot that one did okay. It's yeah. not as good as the 350 with the other two, but out on the 400 spine um, arrow, that one was the best. Interesting for sure. And then on the on the 350, it's been the 125 or the 150. And I figured once I had broadheads, I'd figure out which point weight worked best. So, as, so in my opinion, which is not exactly humble. <laughs> Uh, debatable. Yeah, debatable is definitely that. <laughs> get it on a message board and just throw me up there. You'll get all kind of fun feedback. I would go down in broadhead weight, actually. Um, I would shoot the 125 because you're putting a wing on the front. I would. And right. I'm, I'm the heavy and arrow what? guy, right? I'm the guy who says, I shoot a, yeah. I'm shooting 715 grains right now. The broadhead's 300 grains. But I've got it flying. So because you're putting a wing on the front, I would actually shoot 125 grain cut on contact or single bevel in your case. If you have somebody who has 150 grain broadheads around and you could actually call this guy called the Ranch Ferry and say, hey, could you send me some 150 grain field broadheads? Because I actually have those. I'll mail them to you and you can play. So yeah, that would no, be wonderful. Literally after this, send me your address and I'll mail you, I'll send you some Magnus and I'll send you some 150s. You can just play around with them. And um, that'll be great. So one thing about the field points, um, so for the amateurs out there, the people who don't know what the hell we're talking about, it's fair. This is a weird deal. We are trying to hand load custom ammunition for the shooter. Remember what I said about the bow? It's a stupid tool that returns to static <laughs> state. It doesn't do anything weird in between. Now, it's like such an overly complicated tool for what it actually correct. does. Now, the idiot holding the bow can torque it and twist it, and you can do crazy stuff. You can bury the string in your face. You can screw with the tool. But if we set that... I definitely yeah, right. did that. Yeah, the other day, yes, yesterday, so the first day I got the kit, I went out mm -hmm. and shot it, and I had some, a few, the few combinations that were shooting mm -hmm. really well. Yesterday, I went out and picked up the same one that had been shooting really well and was tearing, like, Three yeah, right. So you got to watch your, your forward grip pressure, and, right? Well, find your right. hand position. Yeah. That's that's yeah. just torque. But where I wanted to go with yep. is, so the kits we sell through Sirius, I have different field points in there. And every time you change the field point, the arrow bends different. So it's cut to 27 inches long. You're probably shooting 27, whatever it is. Don't cut your finger. And when you add right. weight to the front, it's getting slammed in the back by the stupid machine that only goes through the static state. And the arrow bends different every time you change the point. You're building a completely custom hand load. And I'm pretty darn convinced it's even becoming specific to the shooter. And I know this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the guy at the archery shop can take my bow. Like when the last time I was in there, because I I had before I sent mm -hmm. you that picture, I had gone in and been like, hey, you know, can I just take some of your time. I'll pay yeah, you. Right. I don't care. Uh, and figure out like why stuff's flying mm -hmm. sideways. He was able to, and he has a much longer draw length. He was able to, um, to shoot through paper with my bow and my arrows and go straight. And he watched me shoot and he's like, I don't see you doing anything wrong, but you're shooting a little bit, you know, knock left every yeah, right. time. Not, not much, just right. a tiny bit, but yeah, like, you know, and he, he made some, uh, he did like the top uh -huh, hat change right. for the That's Matthews bow. And then it shot yeah, right. great for me. And then we increased the draw weight and then it started going yeah, right. sideways. No, that's because of the spine. But the, the right. gun, I did this myself and then I had a bow that I sold to somebody that I couldn't shoot. But my son, however he gripped it, he could flat shoot <laughs> bullet holes with it. And I've given my bow, my nephew and my son are both 28 and a half inch draw and so am I. And I've given my bow with bear shafts to them and they don't shoot bullet holes. And I do. With the arrows that I shoot, I mean, I've got them marked. They're noctuned. They can kill stuff with it. It's not bad. With fletchings, it'll correct it. And they, they shoot, you know, animals with it all the time. But you're trying to get this combination of the human 
the arrows and the bow and it, and you don't have to work at it. You don't have to worry about this holding your left, you know, holding your eye to the right and getting your mouth just right and having this perfect position because when you're hunting, you're not going to do that. All that crap right. goes out the yeah. window. All this 3D stuff with people standing around and grandstanding and loosening up their shoulders and freaking all the backwards half crap. <laughs> when an elk's walking by, you're going to shoot your bow. <laughs> you're not going to think about any of that, right? right. You're not going to do the bow flip either. I just did a video on this. I'm going to get some hate. It's going to be so good. But when you go to a 3D <laughs> tournament, if you don't bow flip, which means you release the bow and then the bow flips out forward in your hand. Oh, you yeah. got to do yeah. that. Uh -huh. You're not even, you don't even. You got to, oh, that looks so, so cool, cool when you do it though. T-shirt on, freaking backwards hat, wearing a backpack. <laughs> yeah, right. You're, got the flat brim. There you go. Come on, mom there. <laughs> the hair sticking out the hole there. So, um. <laughs> For for those of you listening, I have yeah, that's a right. flat of course brim she, hat. Of course on. she does. Though it, it's it's not an archery yeah. company, so it's not it's not my you know my Matthews right. flat brim, which I do have of because course. it came with my bow. Gotta have that. I don't. Yeah, so I'm not. It, I am wearing a flat brim. That's fantastic, it right? So stuck my my hair. I have not cut my hair in like two months, so it it's like a giant. That's red perfect. My, my, my both my boys are redheads, so y'all are what the three percenters, right? The, and yeah. Um, yeah. so all this grandstanding that we do at 3d tournament and shooting targets goes out the window when you're firing your bow at animals because the situation is so dynamic and your brain's thinking, can I just get an arrow in them? I mean, it really changes. So I wanted to try to set up a strategy where you could hand load custom sticks and custom projectiles to you and make them fly because that's all that matters. If you're a bow hunter, if you're a 3d guy and a target person or gal, that's fine. That's a totally different game. And the practice doesn't hurt. When I used to shoot a lot of skeet, and I shot enough skeet that I shot the, the triggers out of my over and under had to have it rebuilt. So I shot a lot of skeet. I was hell on wheels in a dove field just by shooting the gun a lot, right? I was oriented to the gun. That's how I got started. I was started. used to the way it shot. I knew where to point it. So 3D and targets are mm -hmm. great for practicing, but you're not going to bow flip. I've never seen a bow flip on a bow hunting video. I want to see somebody do it now. I need to do it because it's pigs. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You should do it with the pigs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so you've gotten to 350 spine shooting pretty good. And bear shafts are kind of picky, by the way. So don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Are they going yeah. both ways or are they going I one way when be. you miss? When they're, when they're not perfect. Uh, always, always knock always left. Always knock left. Always. Have you yeah. bumped your rest any? No, I haven't. But it was just, so I did the, so a lot of the people who listen to this are going to be coming over uh -huh. from the bike podcast. I did the bike equivalent of running, putting my bike on the roof of my car and running it uh -huh. into the garage roof. I oh, dry fired my bow. Very good. And yeah, had to have the strings replaced, but it didn't kill anything oh, wow. else, luckily. And so it just came out of the shop and I shot it. You know, I did the I did a bunch of shots before mm -hmm. I started working with the kit just to make sure it was broken in and everything. So I'm pretty confident that they set it up correctly because I, I was like, you know, just check through it, make sure nothing's broken, set it back upright, mm -hmm. all that. And so it, it's just fresh out of the shop. So I'm pretty sure everything's so your good, goal is to get a tear that's probably know, maybe half I an inch or less. Yeah, and I've had okay. I've had some okay. of those. And then for if sure. it's tearing a little more than that, just bump your rest towards the knock side because remember the shaft you're looking. You, she can see me on the screen, but your arrow's sitting like that. Yeah, that's why it's tearing knock left. So you move mm -hmm. the rest towards the knock. You're moving the point of the arrow right. in line with the knock. And I'm talking bump it. So like a millimeter what I do, or two. I'm kind of redneck. I take my knife and I scratch my rest. So I know I know where I know where zero. <laughs> I know where I can go back. I'll yeah, use right. a silver that. sharpie. That's a little more humane. And then that way, if it slides off, you know where you can get back to. <laughs> and then you just want right, to bump it a right. little bit and see if that fixes it. And it should. It should okay. really pull it in. So your yeah. goal is to get I'm gonna I have give a, that a, try. a video called Bear Shaft Tuning you know, Perfection. And I've got some OCD people who just say, yes. every third arrow goes tears a little bit. And I'm like, you're human. I'm glad I watched that because I honestly would be the same way. I'd be like, oh my gosh, why did this shoot perfect two times? And then the other, the third and fourth time it shot, hey, yeah, like a half, personal, but there's a half idiot inch tear, on one inch tear. machine that just does what it, one thing. So, <laughs> so that's a problem is the idiot holding on to the machine that only does one thing. If you put that thing in a hooter shooter, it'll shoot, it'll just drive nails. It will just keep doing the same thing. And there's amazing how consistent they are. Right. Uh -huh. 
And the other part of this is it's right. an off-hand sport. And when nobody talks about that, I need to do that, uh -huh. that too. I don't know a lot of people who shoot rifles offhand at 250 yards at animals. I don't know anybody who does it. But no. they'll gladly shoot an 85-yard shot with a bow and think they can kill an elk at 85 and they're that good. It's a completely offhand thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we conceptualize that risk level. I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd shoot 80 yards at an offhand at an elk. I, I just don't practice it enough, right, with a gun. Yeah. I'm always trying to find something to put it on. Right. So that's why we want to do the kit. Once again, like I said, you got the idiot holding on to the thing that only does one thing. And the idiot has a lot to do with how the arrows fly. But if I can get the arrow to behave the way you shoot it, in my example of the boys not being able to shoot my bow, bear shaft bullets, but I can, mm -hmm. isn't that an easier way to do it? I mean, let me know what stick to fly. Let me fletch them up and go. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That was my whole deal with that. Big Mike Tanaka in Louisiana was the one who showed me that. He tuned my bow. I'd never heard of this idea. And then he sent me up in with my bow. It came back. He put new strings, blah, blah. And it was a piece of paper about this big. You know, like a regular piece of paper. And he said, you can shoot 125 grains or 315 with those 250 spine arrows. Either one of them will fly. And he had bullet holes and then three tears and then bullet hole. And I went, oh, I never thought of changing everything. But it's totally logical because <laughs> the stick bin's different. So then what we have with small people, smaller people, let's just back up. Bows do not generate very much energy. The atom splitting bullshit that goes on on the internet about bows is ridiculous. You're talking about a very, the high, high kinetic energy people are shooting 85 or 90 pounds of kinetic, 85 or 90, not 2,500 like a bullet. There's a lot to spare with bullets because they got so much velocity. So you start talking about shorter draw weights, shorter, shorter draw lengths, shorter draw weights, and we're starting to pull our kinetic energies down in the 50s or 60s. You don't have a lot to play with there. So what we're trying to do is deliver on target at distance as much of that initial momentum or kinetic energy, whichever one you want to use, into the target. We do not want it to erode. And high mass is the easiest way to retain downrange energy, despite the trajectory. It just is. It's just a physics equation. And so if you have a short draw length, you have a very stiff projectile, and we want perfect air flight, and then we deliver as much velocity, uh, excuse me, momentum or kinetic energy onto the meat downrange uh, as we possibly can and go for maximum penetration. It's, it's a pretty simple equation. Right. And I know that a lot of, uh, in the Ashby studies, he's really, really into the 650 grain, what he calls the, the heavy bone threshold. But that seems like, and it sounds like even from what you say, a little bit too much for someone in this, the small person so, category. I'm glad you brought that up and I hope I don't cut off here. I'm outside. I have, I, I have a naked. No, you're. Your sound oh, is wow, actually okay. a little bit better. So it's not as echoey. Let's clarify something. In a scientific study, we are measuring the most efficient or effective thing in each category. So in the study, shooting bones, and all in all situations, 650 grains was the top performer with a single bevel and a bunch of other factors. 650 or greater was the highest performing mass, bar none. And he was shooting a longbow, so he's shooting the speed slower than you. I love the people, just a little tangent, I love the people that are like, the Ashby study doesn't mean anything because he was shooting traditional archery equipment and not a compound bow. Yeah, it's, it's preposterous. As if the arrow knows which one it was yeah. shot off of. And I, this is me, like, this is the, when I was first learning this, and I the first time I heard someone say that on a video, I immediately just... Or it was maybe I was reading mm -hmm. an article or something. I don't know. But I immediately stopped reading. It's like that's the dumbest Correct. thing I've ever heard that an arrow cares what happened to it, you know, what it was shot out of once it's right. in the you, air. And you and Ed have something an in common. He said he's he says it like this. The arrow doesn't care what's pushing it. Uh, he says arrow. So I say arrow <laughs> most of the time now. I love that. The arrow doesn't care what's pushing it, Troy. And one of the reasons uh, one of the other things people bitch about is he was shooting big stuff. So he mostly tested on Asiatic buffalo in Australia, 
because he almost lost his life in Zimbabwe when Mugabe took over. Somebody came to his house and said, you have 24 hours to leave and you're losing everything or you die. So he chose to get out of the country <laughs> rather than having somebody punch his ticket for him. He moved to Australia and continued studying. Okay. One of the goals of having a giant animal is they stop the arrow. And the only way you can measure penetration or change is if the arrow stops equivalent or excuse me, if arrows continuously stop in a giant animal, then you can actually measure when you change the broadhead style or don't sharpen it or fly sideways. Then you can see differences because you know how long the arrow is. He always says the pastor doesn't tell us nothing, Troy. That's the ideal result. Yeah. Because that lets right, the blood go up the other side. But he says for measuring stuff and doing a study, pastors don't really teach us much. Yeah. It's the goal. But we want to see where the failure points are, so we want them to stop and say, okay, we don't do that. We don't do that. So for somebody, if I can get a 650 grain arrow for, to fly for you, he also says shoot the heaviest arrow for the trajectory you find acceptable. Perfect arrow, flight chart, broadheads, FOC, about 10 other things along the way. It's an equation. Now, just so you know, we had a lady kill a K buffalo with a 44 pound recurve this year. She was shooting 800 grain arrows. We had a lady kill a K buffalo with a 50 pound bow compound, shooting 785 or no, she was shooting 830. And then another friend of mine killed one with a 60 pound bow with 730 grain arrows. I hand built for her. And they were all, you know, 27 or less inch draw lengths. But the lady with the recurve is fascinating. She killed a giraffe too with a freaking bow, which I'm not going to do. But she did it. And yeah, hard. Was that in Texas or Africa? You never know. I'm not into that whole, I I just, there's some things I saw when I went, when I was in Africa, when giraffes go by, they're just cool. I'm not shooting one. It's just my thing. I'm not going to shoot bears either. Just my thing. So for that kind of game, you don't have a choice. So that's, what's funny about the argument with the 650 grain arrow. If you don't like it, but you're going to Africa to hunt the big stuff, you can bounce a 400 grain arrow off them. If you want, it's not going to work. In, in, in a very high percentage situation. <laughs> in the, back to what I said. In the study, you have to separate that from what you want to do. In the study, that was the highest performing mass in the highest percentage of situations or greater. I'm telling you 800 grains is awesome. Nothing stops that. So that's one of the misconceptions of the study. And your comment uh, on the he would was shooting that... a trad bow, so it's, he's an old guy, and that doesn't matter. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Yeah, would would that, if if you are a smaller person and you are shooting a heavier arrow like that, does that limit your range? Or is it just kind of like a, well, your trajectory is going to be, it's going to make a rainbow in it's the pretty, air instead of shooting it's straight? It's pretty challenging. Or, what yeah, would be so the, the down... becomes challenging. You have to get disciplined okay. to stay close. Which I'm not a long, I'm not an advocate of shooting much over 35 yards anyway. I think it's bow hunting. I'm not into the, the long range guys bother me. I think we don't see a. I like to play no, with the long form. range. It's fun to be like, oh, that target's, yeah, it's 75 yeah, right. yards away. Let's see how well I can shoot it. But yeah, like I think in the field, I would never look at something 75 no, no, yards away and try to hit it with an arrow. And stuff. Your form will become awesome. Even if you don't, even if yeah. you just hold, say you've got a 40 pin. Okay, and let's say you just put it on the top of the target mm-hmm. and you let the arrows fall in wherever they hit. If you'll just do that to group, your form will become awesome because you got to get more stable that far away. And when you get a 25-yard shot, you'll be breaking arrows and pissed at uh-huh. me because you broke all your knocks off and you have to buy more sticks, right? <laughs> so that's why I shoot far. I shoot 50 and 70 all the time. But when I walk up to 30, it's like I'm standing yeah. on them, right? It's just like, yeah, right, whack. That's, that's how I, yeah, when I, I went to sight in my bow and pick out a sight tape and it was, the process was shoot your bottom pin at 40 and then, or no, shoot your bottom pin at 20 and then shoot it at 60 and then measure the gap between those two and pick the sight tape based on that. And yeah, like after I shot 60 for half an hour and then I went back to 20 and 30, it was like, wow, this is the, yeah, right. That's why this this is so easy. I'm not a big advocate of the. (laughs) Long range shooting people, I think they, um, I think they overestimate their skill set, and then the downrange delivered energy is really peeling off. Because I get, you live out west, I get in some discussions with Western yeah. clowns a lot, and they want to shed, they want to shed <laughs> arrow mass and downrange delivered energy 
Remember, we're only starting at 80 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. They want to hit the target with 50 foot-pounds of kinetic energy so they can hit the target at 75 or 80. Yeah, there's a difference between hitting the target and killing an That's animal. That's correct. You've, you've, by you've the watched target. too much of this idiot called the ranch raider. So the <laughs> penetrating the target is a very different mathematical equation than you just said it, than delivering it to the target. And we've done the studies. So my 700 grain arrow, 728, 30s, whatever it is right now that I'm shooting, it launches off my bow at 78 foot-pounds of kinetic energy, and it delivers at 60 yards. It, it's hitting the target with 63 foot-pounds of kinetic energy, okay? My bow shooting a 388-grain arrow. This is just math. Very light. It's so very light. It's 295 feet per second, so it's moving. It leaves at 78, and it delivers 53 foot-pounds of kinetic energy at 60 yards. And that's the arrows these clowns are shooting at elk. They're losing 12 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. You could go in the middle. I got that. But if we compare in the extremes, they're losing 12 additional foot-pounds of kinetic energy to hit the elk. That could be helping them when they hit something kind of weird, angle changes. And once you start thinking only about trying to get through them, you stop thinking about how to get to them. And you just deal with it. And you figure it out. Whether that's get close or whatever. Well, that makes sense. How did your sight pin, did the tape work? Yeah. And did, is it, how far can you shoot with your tape? Uh, 75. Well, you, <coughs> where I was set previously, I guess I was shooting around 45 or 46 uh-huh. uh, draw weight. I could shoot 75 yards and I could I could hit an yeah, area right. about the size that was of your, like that a was basketball your, that was your or a little bigger. Sticks basketball and beach ball. Place, right? That doesn't help either. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. And then now I've, yeah, I've, I've bumped up the, I haven't been out to the range. Um, I mm-hmm. In my yard, mm-hmm. I can shoot at like 40 yards. And yeah, I, I get all the arrows yeah, on the target at 40, it's but fine. I'm not super accurate with it yet. But I I feel like that's partially me and partially having the, uh, the, the Twizzlers. The, yeah, sti- well, the Twizzlers. The, if they're coming in sideways, they're flying to, like this going down range. So they're eating themselves alive going down, right? They're just aerodynamically unstable. Right. Yeah. And so you w- once you get your other sticks fletched, you're going to be like, wow, like they go where they're aimed. You know? <laughs> and it really yeah. helps. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. I feel like a lot of um, one of the differences between dudes that are shooting and maybe women that are shooting uh, is that women yep. might doubt themselves more. Like if that happens, you know, if you go to shoot 40 and you see your yep. arrow doing a barrel roll mm-hmm. midair and going in the target sideways, you're like, oh, yeah, no, right. I'm doing something wrong. Well, I mean, yeah, you might be doing something wrong. That's for sure. But you have to take into consideration that your equipment it's might be screwing up think. a little bit. Because so humans, we tend to do the same thing over and over again, in whatever manner that is. However we walk, we supinate, we pronate, we ride a bike, however we pedal however we stand up and, you know, in the saddle, however you do, whatever you do, we tend to be systematic. We tend to throw a baseball kind of the same way and maybe change a little bit, but you don't really need mechanics unless you're a pitcher. And then even all the pitchers are different. Golf's a great example. Jim Furyk has a big loop in his backswing. He will take your damn money. And it's super unique. It's not, <laughs> it's not normal. They said that Jack Nicholas had a flying left elbow that was a big flaw. Well, he would take your money too and everybody else's, and did fine on the tour. He was relatively famous. And so I think golf's a great example. I know he's famous because I've right. heard of him, and Nicholas I'm not a golf person at out all. So like not baseball, even a you see the batters all look different. The pitchers. Yeah, John and, uh, Daly. John Daly. swing that went way over and looped John, around his head. I don't know. We just – my friends and I used to I, – mm-hmm. I grew up riding horses, and we – would pick out who was the John Daly of <laughs> like the people Martian. riding horses. Like looking who for was like, Martians at the horse the, show? Like the, like the person yeah, right. that doesn't look like they should be yeah, there right. that's maybe time. an alcoholic. Yeah, he was smoking and, cigarettes. You know? As the cameras went off, he'd be smoking <laughs> cigarettes and drinking beers. He's playing and win the Masters, you know? So the variability in yeah, the way exactly. people do stuff is great amongst people. But the individual people tend to do the same thing the same way. So the pressure you put on the string, the way you release, the way you push out, 
you're, you're, you, I don't think people change a lot. I think you kind of get set in a certain shot cycle. And then if you can make the stick fly and adapt to you, which you can, then you fix that. And then when you get in a hair raising situation and have an elk walk by you at 16 yards, it's the same. You're going to go into autopilot, man. You are. You're going to go and draw and put the pin and pull the trigger and, and turn it loose. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> um, I assume you're going to elk hunt next year. Are you? Shoot anything. Yes, this year. Shoot an elk. That's my advice. I've been yeah. five times. I have passed yeah. on a couple and stuff. I'm not, I, I am not a trophy hunter. I look, I have this. So last season I'm like, I went scouting. I found perfect mm -hmm. spots to hunt when I was scouting and I'm like, honey, we got to buy a mm -hmm. bigger freezer. Cause I'm going to kill an elk and got out there and did not kill an elk. So I've got this gigantic yeah, yeah. empty freezer. And so I'm going to just kill. Well, I know that's the smartest thing elk. to do is to kill everybody I've read and heard <laughs> and talked to. And some of the great guys who are real and, and gals who are great elk hunters say, get an elk on the ground, kill an elk. And if you get in, if you shoot a cow, fine. If the second year right. a cow walks up, shoot it, keep shooting elk. And then eventually you'll evolve yeah. to the horns. Mm -hmm. I, I like how they taste. I don't yeah. care if they're a cow or a bull. Like I they're just, super I, yummy. I just need, they're fun you know. to hunt. I, it's a very, it's a physically demanding game. It's not a simple, it's not, you know, it's not easy. I'm into that. And it's a, quite an yeah. achievement. I haven't shot one yet. I mean, I've killed stuff in Africa and that kind of thing, but I've killed elk size stuff. I just haven't killed an elk. I've been five times and I'm the, if you hear that I'm coming and I'm hunting in your unit, go somewhere else. Cause they're leaving. There will be no elk. They'll be like, Man, last week there were elk everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm here. I drove to Colorado. That's that's how it was where I, oh my gosh, where I hunted. It, it was a one of the mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. over-the-counter draw units. And a couple of weeks before season started, I went out. I found this, I found sign mm -hmm. like where an elk had been there this morning, you know, like fresh tracks and some snow and like you could just smell it. And I found that in two or three different places. I found a bull elk in a spot where I went to hunt and then I got there everything like I found all the old sign that I'd seen before and nothing else it's like I went through that day yeah. when I was scouting they, and then they I, just early left. season we've seen them real high and, and real high and then yeah and then sometimes That's they hoping. go back down yeah. and you never know they're all over the place they're, it's a very challenging game but you got to get your it's a big animal too and and so I don't think people take into account mm -hmm. how there's a bunch of deer guys who take their deer stuff and go shoot and try to go elk hunting, and it doesn't scale up very well. I mean, they're arrows. Are you yeah. talking about the... Yeah, uh, they're, the they're pretty good on deer. They the shoot arrow, a 450-grain okay. arrow on a deer with a half-assed broadhead, and then they scale up to a 700-pound animal in a situation that's not... Most people hunt out of trees for deer. It's moderately predictable. You see the deer coming, right? You kind of know what's going to happen. Elk are just wandering around shot angles are different and all that good stuff so it's a super challenging game i don't have to i've got six points drawn for colorado i'm probably just going to outfit oh you could um so the the unit that i'm making like my <clears throat> first draw for probably the next six years is about right now at least or at least in 2021 and you could start yeah. drawing it at six points it's like yep. around the buffalo peaks wilderness i hate people yeah, will talk about where they want to hunt and I'm not going right. to give you like GPS coordinates of where I would hunt, but I can at least say like yeah, right. the Buffalo Peaks Wilderness. It's, big. it's a wilderness area. <laughs> right. it's, it's fucking it's, it's huge. Those, like a secret spot. Yeah. It's a tough you know, game. Like, if you could, exactly. I think a lot of people who kill right. regularly kill bulls hunt water. I don't think they. I think they tell. I think they say they were calling and rattling right. and running yeah. around. Yeah. I don't. I think they're. I went to the. I drew the Gila. It can be. Yeah, it can be so dry. In some yeah, places, right. but not in others. Like, you know, if you're hunting in the high country, it tends to be a little yeah. bit more moist. There's a little more water everywhere. But in some places, it's sporadic. You know, if you find a watering hole, yeah, it looks no, there's like no a doubt. And pig I, pen. when I went, I drew the Gila about six or seven years ago, which is a super high draw unit. And New Mexico doesn't have points and stuff. It's just one of the primo spots. And we drew the Gila, and we were it was a three seasons in a row. So it was like six days. Two days off, six days, two days off. We got the middle one. And there's all these locals running around, and all they're doing is checking cameras. And then when you see the message boards, 
they all rattled them in. They called them in. They were they were calling. That's the story. Nah, they're saddle hunting over water, which it's just good for them. If that's working for them, I don't care, and I'd probably play the same game. Oh, dude, we were yeah. blowing the bugle, woo, and they were coming a million of them. Get out there and blow that bugle. <laughs> the only water at night. Ah, don't go there. So. It's super fun, but you know, back to the your challenge of getting you know your arrows to fly and through the elk and in the right spot too. You know, you really want to be on the crease or a little forward of that and smash them. Yeah, so you can be small. And yeah, there's kill no big problem. My buddy Rob Nielsen's wife is five feet tall. She shoots thirty eight pounds at twenty five inches. She's she shoots a five hundred and seventy five grain arrow that's thirty percent forward to center, which is a unicorn arrow. Absolute unicorn. And she thinks deer and pigs are funny. Like she just shoots them and whatever, they're dead. And she's killed. <laughs> I think she's killed. Headshots. She's killed all the African stuff, sables and Cape Eland, which is the biggest um, undulate on the planet. And Impalas and all that. She whacked all those. And then she shot a five bull nilgai which is a specifically particularly interesting animal that lives here in Texas. And it's six or 700 pounds. And she's had two pass-throughs on bull nail guy shooting 38 pounds. No problem. She shot one at 40 and buried it. What was the video? I saw a video on your channel. It was a very small lady and she shot straight mm -hmm. into the, like it, it was, was a head on shot. It looked like at least in the video and she shot straight in which is a shot that I've seen people. Yeah, no, it's a pass legitimate shot. Rifle on elk, if you get tight with them and they're 15 yards and they're dead on facing you, just send it right down the freaking pipe. The only thing you got to be careful on that shot is if you choose to take that shot, you got to check the hips. Make sure they're not quartering. Because if you okay. shoot them right down the center of the throat and it's quartering, mm -hmm. it may just go right down the shoulder and come out. It won't go into the thorax. So you got to aim. Towards, if the hips are this way okay. to the left, you got to aim a little lefter because they're actually quartering a little bit. But if they're dead straight on, mm -hmm. I mean, go 12 inches up from the brisket and send it. She shot that Asian buffalo. That was actually a test deal on a ranch in Texas for her Cape Buffalo. And she shot that Asian buffalo and the arrow penetrated. Well, it hit the pelvis. So it was six feet of penetration. That's that's pretty big. And how far away was she when she took that, that shot? That arrow was 800, 830 okay. grains disappeared right into the neck and hit the pelvis and the, the I think the buffalo went 40 yards or something because you really that shot if you hit them right it gets everything right that's a beautiful shot and I think a lot of the western guys I think a lot of people shoot them that way that call because the elk are coming at you right I mean it's only practical and they just I don't think they talk about right. it I don't think they want the hate mail you know I think they do it and go hey got a bull and they just it's it's <laughs> It seems like, you know, if you don't mind the the left-right chance to, you know, to shoot off yeah. to one side and, and really screw no, it's it up, a big, it seems it's a like big, a good it's shot. It's a big target. Well, an elk is probably I've big, half a basketball right there. And if, like I said, it's close. I don't think you shoot that shot yeah. at 40 because they might jump it. They might move, right? But if they walk right up in your yeah. lap and you're a yeah. bull draw and they're dead uh -huh. straight away, aim for the pelvis, man. Shoot that bull right in the nuts. Just the other way. <laughs> <laughs> blow him down and it'll do it i mean it will do it with pretty there's nothing there it doesn't have to be a 900 grain arrow it's there's nothing in the way you're not going to hit bones it's trachea meat and once it breaches the trachea it's just air i mean it's just lungs and the guts aren't stopping it it's just going to keep going it's really really cool yeah. so for your short draw length yeah. people it'll be uh, anybody that, like I said, I said it three times already. I'm saying it a fourth. This is a close range deal, though. I'm talking tight. Yeah. So what, you know, you're, if you just assume that archery shots are going to be under <sighs> 40 yards, for someone shooting the 40 to 50 pound draw weight, what arrow weight do you think most people are going to be going with, you know, considering like good arrow flight? And everything? I would really like to see above 500. I'd really like to see it. At 550, if it'll fly, and I say this all the time, if 485 or 490 right. flies perfect, and 525 doesn't shoot for shoot the lighter one because it's flying perfect. But 
on coincidentally, if a right. heavier arrow shoots better than the light arrow and you just can't accept whatever the arrow speed is and you think you've got to be shooting a certain speed, but the arrow's flying perfect, you shoot the heavier arrow for penetration. You just do. You shoot what flies right. And that's another mental change. If, if you start from a, like I said earlier, my whole brain is totally different about this. I want that. I need a maximum penetration projectile, pass through projectile, highest percentage chance it will pass through. And then I'll figure out how to deliver it and how far that is. I'm going nail guy hunting next month and I'm shooting a big one pump arrow because they're big. I'm probably not going to shoot more than 35 yards. I'm not confident to shoot much further than that because it's me right. in a dynamic right. situation. If I get one at a water hole standing still, fine. And they're out there watering, fine. But if I'm stalking or something like that, it's going to have to be pretty close. And I'm just going to limit my... This, in the old days, we all accepted bubble hunting was a close range sport. I'm 53 years old. I mean, I'm talking old. This is aluminum. And I, my bow shot 180 feet per second. I had a 10-yard pin. It was so slow. And we thought 30 yards was a long way. So we just tried to get closer. We tried to figure out the math. And nowadays, everybody thinks we can open up the distance because they say the technology's gotten better. No. It's a dumb machine pushing the stick. That's just all. It, it's nothing's changed. They're faster. So they're more efficient to deliver it. But they're not. The, the people part hasn't changed. The humans haven't. The, the monkey holding the stick has not changed at all. We still have the same flaws. We still have a different levels of excitement. Some people can really hold their mud together under these situations, right? The, I've, never, I've never dunked. I've never run a four-second 40, right? I'm not that fast. I can't throw 90, but pe there's people who can, right? There are. So people's skill set under stress in these situations varies widely, compared to shooting foam. So you should go out and do some uh, really dangerous shit or stuff that really gets your adrenaline going on a regular basis. Correct, and find out. And then, right. And I know that under exciting situations, I'm better off trying to get tight. That's why I keep most of my pigs inside of 17 yards. I mean, I just... That's well, a, you're I'm hunting off that feeder, act. man. Come on. Oh, that's right. Come on down. You'll love it, right? I mean, you, anytime you get to Texas, you come on. I laugh at people that... People say, hey, man, you're like hunting over feeders. And I'm like, I haven't had one person say, I won't come because I'm dumb feeders. I'm, I would, like, look, I would Woo! love, yeah, I would love to take a winter <laughs> vacation down there to where you are and shoot pigs. Yep. Oh, it's super fun. And it's just, uh, it's, it's fun. It's, 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 pigs are the best problem ever. 24 seven, no the most, The most delicious problem. Yes, they are good to eat. They, they our pigs are kind of between pork and beef. They aren't real piggy and they aren't real beefy. They're weird. I mean, it's good. <laughs> and so we have a lot of fun with them. My my kids have killed so many of them. They just really, um, it's. I'll get. I'll tell you a story about that. So both my boys grew up when they didn't wear shoes ever. And they had feet that were like concrete. And they didn't wear shoes at the ranch. Run through the stickers and all that stuff. And they were just blasting pigs left, right from the time they were six years old up with rifles and it was all controlled and safe. They weren't running around without me and all that. We were, we weren't that maniacal, but by the time they got to hunt out West, they'd killed, you know, 15 or 20, 20 animals. And when you hunt the pigs, we often would go stalking and they'd shoot off the of sticks and it wasn't sandbags and set up. It was a little dynamic. So, you know, fast forward to two years ago, we drew, Colorado tags for deer and and we took an over-the-counter elk tag with us during gun season. So there's people freaking everywhere. Oh yeah. Over-the-counter rifle. Yep. The first day we've we get on this four-point mule deer. My son's never shot one. It's a pretty good deer. It's nothing special. But for him it is. Yeah. And the deer's coming across this mountain. I think somebody spooked it or a car had bumped it or something. It's coming down the hill and we're calling range and it stops at 300 yards. My son's laying across a bag with a rifle he's never shot, my friend's gun, and it's zero to 300, and it's dead on facing us. And Chris says, you better shoot that deer. And Chris pull, and Caleb or Thomas pulls the trigger and puts it right there. And the bullet in the, hits the In the hit, throat. In the throat. what you were just pelvis, pointing at. Yeah. And, and the deer just don't down. Shut the, turn the switch off. Right. And that's, that's the value I get out of shooting all these pigs. I get a lot of shooting situations. 
they had shot a pile of animals with random guns and this and that, missed a bunch, made some mistakes, lost a couple, blasted it, shoot them high or whatever, they don't find them. And when that situation happened, Thomas bared down on that bag and bomb, you know, 300 yards. That was the longest shot he'd ever taken. The next day, my son killed an elk. And it was the same. He was shooting all, off a top of a off binoculars on a tripod. That was his rest. <laughs> it was a 190-yard shot. It wasn't hard as an elk. Any and, ship in a storm. Yeah, right. And they, but it was all those previous animals that they've been able to shoot. And that's where the pigs, if people would leverage their pig populations and think differently to say, hey, I'm going to get myself in a moderately stressful situation 50 times this year or 10. Mm-hmm. Screw a couple of them up. Admit you make mistakes and get better. And then when that big deer comes out, you've got all this history that your brain already knows to ride on. It's like throwing a thousand pitches. Eventually, yeah. you're going to tighten up where the ball goes, right? Yeah, you, you basically, in a stressful situation, you resort back to your training. Correct. So making all these mistakes at the deer feeders uh, really helps. And the other part of them is pigs really move a lot. And if you shoot 30 or 35 yards at them, you're going to lose a pile of them. You're gonna, they're going to jump out of the way. You're going to gut shoot them or it just, you've got to get close. They, they know, <laughs> they don't just lollygag around the feeder and stand there and think nothing. I like how you call the little ones zoomers. I'd never yeah, heard zoomers. that, but yeah, I, guys, as soon as you, yeah, as soon as you said that, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Right. Just They're just zooming yeah. all over the place, right? <laughs> And uh, sometimes the other day I was out there and I had a big pile of them come in and I said, I'm not shooting them today. I'm just going to see what happens. And there were two piglets. One was black and white and one was white. And they were running. They were about 20 pounds. They were cute as a button, about the size of a house cat. And they were running and flipping and rolling each other and fighting. And then all of a sudden the mom would go, like, bitch at him. Like, hey, you little shits. Stop doing that. I was cracking up in the stand, right? I just let them walk off. It wasn't any big deal, but. The zoomers are, are numerous. The big ones are nuts, you know, it's, it's practical. But yeah, it's been great. Uh, once again, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, Troy at ranchfair.com, feel free to hit me up. I get only get about a thousand messages a month. And <laughs> so I'm here to really help. I want, as I've gotten older, I don't care to shoot as much stuff as I did in the past. I just, I'd rather go fishing. But if I can help you take the next two steps forward to help become better, Right, and Andrea, I'm just yeah. dying to see you have with an elk. I mean, it's going to be awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> right. Um, I'm here to help everybody take the next step. That's my really what my channel is now about. I'm, I'm going to shoot yeah. some more pigs, and I've got a broadhead and coming that's, out. You know, I, I think that's really important, and I think that's what a lot of people, not just women, but a lot of people in general that are starting out have a problem with kind of wading through what is – marketing and what is popular and what is actual this is going to ethically kill animals yeah that's what i tried to that you want to myself kill was to start know? studying it that's why the deer feeders are so helpful because i can shoot a lot and i can change the broadhead and i can sharpen them or not and i can make sure they're flying and i can do this and do that and fiddle around and get tons of shots right people don't get to have that luxury and i want yeah. i wanted to show people what the difference was and now the arrow i'm shooting right now there's no angle i'm worried about on the feral hog I just shoot. And that sounds arrogant, but it, I don't, t- I typically wait for them to quarter away, but I don't expect it to stop ever. And it rarely does now. Most, if I shoot too far forward, they run off and their legs flapping because I broke their shoulder. And when you see that, they're done. They're not going anywhere, but it's just been a great, it's been fun to explore this. And then it's fun to see the pictures. I got smashed this year with photographs of people who said, Hey, I did the process. I learned to sharpen, look at this deer. And I've, and I've, I've had a couple of pictures of people who are, <laughs> I'll put it, they're not starving to death. So you got some guy, you see an F-350 in the back and a scooter. Right? So you already got about $100,000 worth of toys. And they say, I've never had a pass through. Right? This isn't some 14-year-old kid who's on public. This is a guy who owns his own property or has a great lease. He's got some money. They get to hunt a lot and they say, this is the first time I've ever had a pass through and had one go 35 yards and tip over. I mean, that's super rewarding to me. And it's great for the bow hunting world, I think, for people to be more ethical and efficient. Blood yeah. trailing sucks. Yeah. I hate it. I'd rather just boop, whop, and it can happen. 
Well, awesome. Thank you for all of your knowledge yep. and all of your pigs and videos. <laughs> and I know <laughs> all the pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to thank the pigs. Yes, they are very helpful. I'm, <laughs> getting, ready to, I'm getting ready. Donating to... their bodies to the cause. That's exactly right. To I've your, got three fishing trips. To your freezer and probably probably your friends' freezers. Yeah, and your, there's a lot of that. Your cousins. And, Neighbors and whatever. Yeah. Like, you're going hunting. Oh, okay. Well, baby. Bring it over. And... uh one of the things that's been interesting about that, there's a homeless community here um, that has a, a work requirement. So you can live on this place, but you have to do something. They don't care that you're homeless, but you got to contribute. Yeah. It is literally on the side of the road on the way to the ranch. They will not take the pigs. Oh, I, I, called the, I, I called the owner and I said, how about if an ice chest with a perfectly butchered pigs and I just leave it on ice and kind of buy the front gate? Like, we could just do this on the sly. You can have the ice chest. No, no, don't do that. You don't even have to know who I am. Just, if there's an ice chest there, take it. I mean, you got a bunch of homeless people. We got to feed them, right? I mean, it's all, yeah. we're all humanity. And it's been tough. It's a pl it's really hard to get rid of them. So I guess we'll just keep eating them. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, man, thanks for of your course. time. Um, it's been it's been great talking of to course. you. Thank you very much. This will be a cool them. audience to hear from. Um, just hit me on email. I've you know troyranchfair.com, like I said, and I'll try to help you out as much as I possibly can to get your arrows flying. And then you know if you have questions or whatever, I get like I said, I've been getting about a thousand messages a month, and nobody says great shot on the pig. It's all questions about how to get your arrows to fly <laughs> and how to sharpen and how to fletch and you know the functional part of making the stick right, which is super important. Yeah. And really helps. Yep. So I've, I've had a great time. And thank you very much for having me on. All right. Well, I'm just going to close us off here. Thank you for listening to the Antlerless Podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Good night.